Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Joel T. Coleman. Woo! You want to throw in a little extra, like, look at that dog on the video? <laughs> Whatever it was. The, the second woo. one's about, woo, woo. Just a yeah. little, woo. You know, it, it amazes me, and we've gotten it a few times now, mm-hmm. whether it's on our five-star reviews five that star. you can leave us uh on iTunes or wherever you I didn't know you were going podcast. that way. I'm or I'm whether it is on uh, the Twitters. It amazes me that there are actually some of you out there that don't know what the woo is about. Don't don't know. I mean, I'm not hating. No. You know, it, it is what it is, but... Your mother knows what that woo's about, fat boy! <laughs> <laughs> Ric Flair, people. Woo! The nature boy. 16-time world heavyweight champion. Woo! That's right. Brady, Jordan, they got nothing. Babe Ruth, nothing. 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 16 times world champion. Dang right. All right. Good show today. Thank you guys for tuning in. Be it at supertalk.fm or wherever you get your podcasts. We appreciate you guys listening to us every day. We appreciate all of our listeners, especially the servicemen and women out there taking care of us. We want to thank our sponsor, Strange Brew Coffee House and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream, taking care of us here in Starkville. When you need a boost in the middle of the afternoon, when you've had that long basketball press conference, I'm going to bet Joel T. Coleman... Uh, stopped by there today. I actually did. I see, I, I know did. you so well. I did. Yeah, somewhere in that 1 to 4 p.m. window. They're going to see Joel. I can dang just about guarantee, just about guarantee to you, Brian. Yeah, that's not quite what he would say, but sure, we'll take it. I don't want <laughs> that, you to get in trouble today. That I'm either going through the drive-thru. I may, may even hang out there and ride a little bit. You never know with old yeah. Joel T. The only thing for sure about Joel T. is nothing's for nothing's sure. Nothing's for sure. Every time you think you know the answers, Joel T. changes the questions. That's right. Uh, so, yeah. This pumpkin spice season, when you're ready for some uh, for some some fall flavors, get over there and try any of their delicious uh, combinations. And they of actually course, had pumpkin spice on drip, just plain old drip coffee today. I did not try that. There I you go, blueberry. There you go. Know, but. but that's where it's worth a try. And of course, all the great baked goods they have, and of course, churn and spoon ice cream for frozen treats. Don't miss out whenever you're here in Starkville. Go by there, and of course, you want to shop online. They'll take care of you this holiday season. All right. We got a lot to talk about today. We got an interview coming up later with Alex Miller. He covers the uh, Texas A&M Aggies for the Dallas Morning News. Joel, we're, I don't remember how many weeks ago it was. I guess five weeks ago we talked about the Mississippi State Kansas State game, and we were very clear how who was going to win that game. The team that controlled the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball, and we were right. Now we were not right about our prediction because we thought that would be Mississippi State. It was not. We have come to that point again. I think. I think in this game, when you watch Texas A&M last week, they did not control the line of scrimmage. They were able to, Ole Miss was able to run the ball pretty successfully against them, and Ole Miss was able to generate some pass rush against them. When you look at what Mississippi State did last week, defensively, they did a good job, I thought, on the line of scrimmage. They got pressure on Joe Burrow more than most anybody else has gotten to him, and they were able to get him on the ground a couple of times. Now... The other side of that, the offensive line, not much push there. Not a lot going on. But I don't think that this A&M defensive line is as good as LSU's defensive line. Yeah. So I guess, you know, I feel like I'm building up to what's causing all that. But what I'm getting to is this. Whoever is better up front this week, and this is normally the case with football, but it feels there are some games where it's really the truth. And this is one of those games. Whoever is dominant up front is going to win this football game. 
I think you're right on the money. Now, the problem is for State, in my opinion, and you would know offensive line play a lot better than I would, but they just have not looked good up front the last few weeks. Is that fair? Yes. Uh, I mean, against a Tennessee team that I thought State might Seven sacks. Huh? Seven sacks. Yeah. That I, and I thought State would have some success. Yeah. They did not. Right. Against the pass rush. And, and, and granted, some of that, a couple of those sacks were on Tommy Stevens for just kind of chilling out in the pocket, ho-hum. No doubt. Um, so, so not all At least two, the, maybe three of them. Um, but still, man, it, it kind of goes with Joe Moorhead's offense as a whole. Until this offensive line kind of gets things back on track and State can kind of get the run game going again and Kyle and Hill can get back going again. And I'm, I'm just going to have to see it again before I start buying into State can do it. I mean, and not to mention the fact – it's another road game, man. And how many times have we seen State's offensive line perform poorly on the road? Well, State as a whole has performed poorly on the road, it seems like, in, in the Joe Moorhead era, really, um, other than a couple of, of you know occasions where they didn't. But State's going to just have to do it for me to believe they're going to do it. Um, but you're right. I, the, the premise of your case is exactly right. If, if State goes out and they can you know dominate the offensive line can kind of take over the game. They're, they're going to win, I think. I think they're going to come home from, from College Station with, what, their fifth win over A&M in six years or something like that. But mm-hmm. uh, but if you're asking me if I'm confident they can do that, I'm not. Well, let's start with the defensive line because, like we said, they had a uh, they had a better uh, better game than maybe they've had all year Yeah, uh, against LSU. They, they were consistently, especially in the first half, able to get pressure on – uh, Joe Burrow. Yeah, they forced him into some throws that he didn't really want to go to. Forced him to check down a couple of times. Um, you know, and he was still able to be successful in that. But you know, A and M and Kellen Mond is not Joe Burrow. A and M's receivers are not that group that LSU has. A and M's offensive line is is a real concern, in my opinion. If you're an Aggie fan, if you're listening, and mm-hmm. if you are, howdy. Uh, <laughs> I, I I see Mississippi State being able to be successful rushing the passer, pressuring Kellen Mond. And Kellen Mond is a quarterback who will make mistakes if you pressure him. Yeah, and and state secondary as such with the, the Dantzlers and the um, – and I thought – look, I know he, he hadn't exactly always been shining, but I thought C.J. Morgan had some moments last week. State secondary is such that it could take advantage of a mistake, you know, get a pick, do something, do something big. They're due for a turnover after their streak broke last week. Uh, to, to do something along those lines. But I really feel like states, not only their defensive line, but just the defense as a whole has kind of taken the trajectory, the, the trajectory trajectory that I think that everyone would hope that the whole team would have taken by this point. And that's – I feel like the defense is getting better week to week. Um, I feel like some of those guys are, are stepping up and, uh, you know, whether it was at Tennessee, I know State lost the game, but I thought defensively State – did okay, uh, you know. I didn't do great. I mean, you you'd like to have seen them, you know, less than twenty points. But we said yeah. going in they were going to give up twenty points when we predicted those scores. Yeah, so it's not like we came away twenty points in today's college. Yeah, you know, twenty years ago, twenty points was like seven points. You know, twenty points is not a lot in these in yeah. this day and age of college football. And, and then against that LSU team last week, State's defense, weird as it is to say it, you know. LSU scores 36, but everybody kind of comes away thinking State's defense kind of did their job. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like defensively, State has taken the steps necessary to improve this year. 
And, and so I, I do feel like that's going to be a strength for, for, for State on Saturday. Uh, I, I think they'll be a, they'll continue to, to have a little more success pressuring the quarterback. And, and when you do that, when you force guys to make, you know, throws they don't want to make or, or when you get to the quarterback and, and create, uh, you know, to get sacks and create second and third longs and, and, and you get them behind the chains, you got a good chance to win. Um, do you feel better about State defensively right now than offensively, even though the defense has had its woes at times this year? Yes. Because I do. Well, I, I see an improvement. Yeah. I feel like they've been better – from Auburn to Tennessee to LSU, and I think that's what which I'm is trying. weird from the points perspective. But yeah, they're, they're you see improvement. Plus, I know that when they're full strength, they're not bad. Yeah, they're not bad. Yeah, and they're going to get that now. You know, two more times in the two of the biggest must-win games of the year. Yeah, the, I have a lot more. And honestly, I mean, Bob Shoop earned my confidence last year because he, he he took a defense that was too big to fail and didn't fail. He was better than I thought. Mm-hmm. No, I don't think we. I came into that season thinking that was going to be the number one defense in the nation, but it was. Yeah, and, and so I, I think what I've been trying to say in this whole time, I wasn't trying to be overly negative about the offense a minute ago, but it's just that at this juncture of the season, I still have no faith offensively. Whereas, like you said, and like I've been trying to say, defensively, State seems to be taking. It may just be many steps, but they're taking steps forward. Um. We need to see the offense take steps forward before we just start declaring, yeah. you know, that state as a whole is getting better. But you know, if state continues its defensive small steps forward, and then this is the week you start seeing offensive improvement, then you really start feeling good about seventy-five. You got, you got somewhere to go. Yeah, I agree with that. I thought Chauncey Rivers from the defensive line played the best game of the year last week. I thought he played his best game. I thought you know, and you, know, you got pressure from Mark, Marquez, uh, Marquis Spencer. Um, and the young, the young D tackles are getting better. They're getting better. Yeah, you know, and the, and they should. I mean, they're they're talented players. They're just learning. They're having to learn the the hard way. Yeah. And you know, unfortunately for Mississippi State, there's just no other way to do it. Which I think it's one of those things. This is sort of what if you wanted to buy into the Joe Moorhead message, this is a point where you could p- point to it and say, yes, you're, you're you're taking your licks now with those guys in uh, two years. Those are going to be two of the top defense. Crumity and Lovett will be two of the top defensive tackles in the SEC. You would think, yeah, because they'll have so much experience. They'll know they'll just be you know veteran guys at that point and three year starters. Um, if State can get pressure on on Kellen Mond, they can make life miserable for for Texas A and M because he is not the kind of quarterback. You know, he he's not going to be the guy who makes those second, third, fourth reads and finds those guys. Yeah, he's going to be one read, I'm out. And you know if you if you play your defense right, there should be some some opportunities there for sacks, for tackles for loss. But more more the more importantly than that is just to keep a And M off schedule. You know, keep them in second and eight, third and seven instead of second and five, third and two. That's where it's you know. Th- it's not always about putting them in second and seventeen. You know, second and nine is just as bad sometimes, especially depending on what offense you're talking about. Yeah. So for me, I, I really do feel like the defensive line can have some success. Now let's flip it over and let's look at this offensive line. And I agree with you. you know, we can't we can't sit here and take for granted that things are going to get better offensively. State could very easily go over there to Texas A&M, play really well, give up seventeen points, and lose by ten. Could okay. could he, if, if you told sorry if, I touched Joel's foot. Yeah, I'm he's very, playing footsie with me. I, that, to stop that. I am not playing foot. I just touched your foot by accident. <laughs> um, you're the one flex, flexing your pecs at me all the time. Stop it! So anyway, 
Would it surprise you at all, though, if State lost this game 17-7? to No. No. So, And it also wouldn't surprise me if, if State, you know, wins by the reverse or something like right, that. Right, right, right. I mean, now, that, that would surprise me, though. I, don't I mean, know. I can see you a very – seven points, I'd be surprised. You, couldn't you see a very Tennessee-like game, though? Like a 20-10-ish yeah. kind of deal? Yeah, but I think both e- either, either way. Yeah. Either way. Like, yeah. I, I don't necessarily think that anybody's going to watch this game on Saturday and think, wow, this is two outstanding teams playing college football. Like, I I, I could see it being a very grinded out kind of – I think it'll definitely like, be that. Kind of deal. Like, can State win that game? Can State win a grinded out game? They haven't been able to run the ball in three weeks. Yeah. I mean, right now, with unless Kylan Hill butt breaks loose, which I guess he could. I mean, look, I, I know Kylan Hill hadn't done his – what he did the first four games the last three – but I don't know if he's just not healthy and we don't know that or what, but mm. you have to feel like if he's healthy, that's still in him to go out there and just take over a game. Yeah. So, yeah, if he if Kylan Hill is the Kylan Hill we all know he could be, then, yeah, State can win that kind of game. But they're going to need that. How happy is Texas A&M that they're going to they're walk out on the field and not see number seven Fitzgerald oh, across, my the, goodness. across the, uh, the, 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 the sideline there? You know – we saw him, of course, the other day at Seal. They ought to suit him up or something and put him on the sideline. Just, just have just, him come to the game. Yeah, just to have just like a mental. Just might be enough. Yeah. That guy owned Texas A&M. I said on Sports Talk Mississippi on uh, Wednesday, I said, he, it's too bad he wasn't born 20 years earlier and, <laughs> and went to Texas because he would have been the most beloved Longhorn, maybe of, uh, up there with like Earl Campbell because he dominated Texas A&M. Schrader is cut from that same cloth. Can he have the same kind of success? <sighs> Wouldn't that be funny? It would. If Schrader just goes out there and runs for 200 yards. Four more just... years of this crap is all they're saying. Yeah. <laughs> oh, me. Um, it'd be it'd be impressive if a true freshman, Garrett Schrader, is able to go on the road to A&M and do that. But, I, I mean, would it totally shock you? No. Mm-hmm. Probably not. I still wonder. I, we may never know the, the true extent to this, the answer to this, but how healthy is he to do that? Mm-hmm. Like, they're never going to come out and say, oh, his ankle's hurting or his foot's hurting or his toe's hurting or whatever. Like, they're not going to tell us. Um, you know, they, they don't want any, you know, anybody from A&M to, to be zeroing in on hitting, hitting him in the lower body or whatever. But I still wonder if, if he slowed a little bit. I don't, I, I don't know if they I would. I think he definitely is. Yeah. A little bit. I mean, this is, but this isn't anything unique to Mississippi State or Garrett Schrader. This is the eighth, ninth week of the college football season. That's Everybody's true. beat up and That's banged true. up. Nobody's as fresh as they were in week one. That's just the way that's going to be. Um, what's a realistic point total for Mississippi State this weekend? Oh, realistic. I may be – I'm going to say this, and it may be overshooting at 24. I think 24 points would win the game. I think State would win at 24 points. Would you take that right? Like, I don't – I mean, obviously you take it, but – if I told you right now, I mean, if you're betting here, you got money on the line. Is State hitting 24? No, I don't think so. It goes back to what we just said. Why would I have faith? Why would That's I true. believe in the offense? That's true. Until I see it, I can't do it. And I can't. Right? Yeah, yeah, especially you know? on the road. And this offense, I mean, it really is something to me that the offense is worse than it was a season ago. It's really hard to believe. In this home road thing. That's the other thing, too. Yeah, on like, the road, well, I have you, no faith in the team on the road. I mean, I guess it probably has at some point in history, but in the last several years, has it ever been this just, just 
far apart. Like, I feel like State basically... In this game, they do. But by and large, when they go on the road, I kind of feel like there's not much hope. No, you're right. I mean, why should you? I mean, they just they haven't played well on the road under Joe Moorhead, except for one. In the conference, they have one good road game. Oh, that's the Egg Bowl against a defense that had no pulse. You know, and then to their credit, they went out there and dominated them. And the only other one, period, is Kansas, Kansas State. State. Again, yeah. And that was a game that State's superiority on the lines of scrimmage was what made the difference. State didn't pass the ball well in those yeah. games. I mean, do you but, include the Louisiana game this year in, in that? I mean, it's not they didn't really play a, well. They didn't, they didn't play, play well. well. That's right. That's true. You know, I mean, they were up. They were up three touchdowns, and they let sort of let them back into the game. They only won by ten. Yeah, and they were up that's, seven late. That's a team. The, that's, that's a right. team that they uh, they beat by they beat fifty six to ten a season ago. Yeah. So no, I'm not going to. I'll count that as 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 a poor road performance. Yeah. So. That's something the state's got to figure out. We'll see what happens. Let's talk to the, let's talk to Alex Miller. He covers the Aggies for the Dallas Morning News. Uh, got got up with him on Wednesday, and uh, here's his interview. Right, and this interview is going to be brought to you by our good friends over at College Corner. Check out either one of their two locations, either uh, in Ridgeland over by Fleet Feet, or you can go into Flowood and go over by the Half Shell. They'll take care of you there. And when you shop online at collegecornerstore.com or where you go to either one of those locations, whenever you make your purchase, just mention the Thunder and Lightning podcast or use the promo code THUNDER in the uh, coupon tab there online. They'll give you 15% off your order. This holiday season for the Bulldog fan in your life, you need to go check out collegecornerstore.com or check out College Corner at either one of their two locations. And, of course, before you come to Starkville, don't waste time in Starkville. You want to be with your friends. You want to be with your family in the junction, enjoying yourself. You don't want to be spending time in line at one of the stores up here. You want to be taking care of that before you get up here so College Corner can make that happen for you. Or if you're just staying home and you just want to wear the maroon and white wherever you might go, they'll take care of you as well. So give them a look either online at collegecornerstore.com or at either of their two locations in Ridgeland or Flowood. Let's talk about Mississippi State, Texas A&M. Joining me at this time from the Dallas Morning News, Alex Miller covering the Aggies for that publication. This has been a uh, an interesting year for Texas A&M. I'm going to start with sort of a big picture question. You know, A and M three and what uh, or four and three on the season. Still games yeah. coming with with Georgia, with LSU. So they're not going to be favored in those games. And Mississippi State has been an interesting series for them. We'll talk about that in just a minute. Overall, as a fan base, are A and M fans going to be patient with Jimbo Fisher? There, is there a lot of pressure on him in year two, or are they just going ahead and and is accepting what things have been these past two seasons, and they're looking forward to years three and four? Well, you know, last year kind of exceeded expectations in some ways, and finally beating LSU really satisfied a lot of A&M fans. That was the first time A&M had done that as a member of the SEC. But, you know, coming into the year, I mean, people pegged A&M to finish 8-4 and four at best, given their schedule. I mean, they had Clemson, Bama, Georgia, and LSU still ahead. But, I mean, right now A&M's kind of on track to finish where a lot of people expected. They lost to Auburn, but I think Auburn – has exceeded expectations in their own regard and really caught A&M off guard and won a big game early in the season at Kyle Field. But, you know, this next these next three games are really pivotal because, you know, there, there are three games that A&M can win, but there are three games A&M can lose. They have three straight at home. And like you said, Mississippi State's kind of been a thorn in the side of the Aggies the last three years. And so dropping one of these games really puts a lot of pressure on A&M to – finish above 500 i mean if you lose one to mississippi state or south carolina at home you're really looking at six and six this season which is not what jimbo fisher wanted to hopefully build on 
in his second year in College Station. So the thing, though, is that, you know, Jimbo's locked in for 10 years. Aggie fans are going to have to be patient. And in this day and age, coaches seem to be judged more year one, year two, which is just ridiculous. I mean, if you want a real change, you've got to let a coach come in and do his thing. It's going to be year three and four before you really start seeing the true identity of that coaching staff. So A&M's got the pieces to have have a solid run, but they're going to have to go out and win games no matter what it takes. We've hit on it a little bit, but Mississippi State's won four of the last five in this series, including three straight. Um, and, and for me, you know, talking to other people who cover A&M and just from what I've seen, the biggest difference is that Mississippi State has been such a physical football team and Texas A&M just wasn't these past few games. For my part, I don't think Mississippi State is that same physical football team it's been in years past. For A&M, are they built differently this season? Mm, I don't necessarily know built differently. The, the offensive line has struggled. Uh, they haven't really gelled as much. Um, but they're, they're definitely better in the secondary. I'll say that. They've been a lot better defending the pass. Linebacker play has been really solid with Buddy Johnson. He kind of leads the defense. Anthony Hines, he stepped in coming off missing last year due to injury, filling in veteran spots from Tyrell Dodson and Otara Waka. So the, the defense as a whole has improved, but the, the physicality on the offensive line hasn't necessarily been there. And in Having a freshman running back, they're really short uh, in, at depth at running back. So I, I'd say it's kind of similar, but um, the front the front seven on defense has been pretty stout against the run this season. Ole Miss got theirs last week on a few big plays, and that's definitely a point of emphasis this week going into Mississippi State for A&M. One thing I've, I've noticed in the times that I've had a chance to watch A&M is they have struggled at times protecting Kellen Mond on the offensive line. How worried are you, are you about that offensive line? Can Mississippi State take advantage of, of Texas A&M there? Yeah, I think I think that's definitely an area of concern for A&M looking ahead. I mean, Ole Miss got four sacks against A&M last week, and, and it's week eight now. I mean, this is the eighth game of the season. You would think by now that the offensive line would start to gel and start to take a step forward. That was kind of the thing last year. Early in the season, A&M struggled to protect Kellen Mond. And then later in the season, the offensive line really got got itself in gear and really took steps forward. I mean, A&M had the SEC's leading rusher, Travion Williams. He rushed for a school record in a single season. I mean, you don't do that with a bad offensive line necessarily. But that, that that hasn't quite been the case this season. There hasn't been that forward shift that you saw last year. And so, yeah, I, I would say that Mississippi State, they've got a good chance to get the Kellen Mond often this weekend. Defensively, you mentioned that improved secondary, and A&M's pass defense has been a lot better. Mississippi State, I think, wants to come out and try to establish the run and then go to the pass. How is the A&M run defense? Do you think Mississippi State can be successful, or is that an area of strength for the Aggies? Well, you know, Nick Fitzgerald isn't around anymore. He, he ran up and down the field against A&M the last three years. I think Aggie fans are really glad he won't be suiting up for the Bulldogs this weekend. But, you know, Kylan Hill didn't get to play in the game last year, so A&M hasn't faced him. Um, so, yeah, I, and, and Trader seems to have gotten gotten some good, some good plays in early on in – so I, I, I'm really curious to see how A&M responds, though. Like I said, they, they gave up 250 yards to Ole Miss last week. Ole Miss run-oriented offense, 
trending towards at least with Scotty Phillips, John Rice Plumley. Yeah, and Aiden was solid against the run, give or take five or six plays against Ole Miss last week. So, I mean, if they're able to eliminate some of those bigger runs, I think A&M has proven to be pretty sound against the run game. They, they, were, they were pretty good stopping Booby Whitlow and Travis Etienne, uh, Najee Harris. He had a pretty good fourth quarter, but before that, A&M was really able to stop Alabama in the run game to an extent. So I'd say yes and no, um, but if they can open up the passing game, I mean, Stephen Geardry and Osiris Mitchell, I mean, they, they had some big games against A&M last year. So A&M's got to be careful in the, in the past game, too. If I said there's one thing A&M must do and one thing they must avoid in this game, what is it? One, one thing they must do and one thing they must avoid. One thing they must avoid, the big plays. I mean, if you go back and watch A&M's game against Auburn, Auburn took the life out of Kyle Field on their very first drive, running reverse for a touchdown. It was like a 50-yard touchdown. Mississippi State's had slow starts from what I've read up on them. And so if the Bulldogs can really come out with some fire, it's an 11 o'clock game. I mean, I don't really know how ecstatic and electric Kyle Fields is going to be at that hour. So going on the road, and Mississippi State needs to win, A&M needs to win. It's a big game for both teams and their trajectory for the rest of the year. I think it's imperative that Mississippi State comes out guns blazing and figures a way to establish some early momentum. I think that I think that can be really big for Mississippi State, and that's something that A&M definitely needs to avoid. The Aggies have been pretty solid in the first quarter too, so I'm not too sure if that'll happen. But if it does, that that could definitely be uh, a game changer early on and set a tone from the get go. One thing A&M must do, I. I I'll go back to protecting Kellen Mond. Um, I think A&M's got to find a way to figure that out. And also, too, I, I think A&M needs to continue its running success. Uh, running the ball has been a big issue for the Aggies this year, too, going hand-in-hand with the offensive line. But over over the last uh, few games in SEC play, A&M's increased its total in rushing yards every single week. They've used Kellen more in a quarterback run scheme. Uh, freshman running back Isaiah Spiller, he's been he's been getting better each and every week. He had his probably his best game of the season last week too. Ran for seventy eight yards on sixteen carries, which is pretty pedestrian, but considering he had zero yards on seven carries against Arkansas just three weeks ago, that's a huge step forward. And he didn't have any negative rushes, something he hadn't had this year. And he, he had a twenty two yard touchdown at the end of the game that kinda of put kinda of put the game on ice for the Aggies, so but continuing the running success and protecting Kellen's definitely got to be uh, something A&M has to do this weekend, if I had to say. All right, we'll see if Mississippi State can continue the success it's had in years past against Texas A&M, or will the Aggies uh, turn this uh, series around on Saturday at Kyle Field. Alex, man, thanks so much for joining us. You can follow him on Twitter. What's your Twitter handle? Give that to everybody. Uh, at AlexMill20, two right. L's. All right, if you want to keep up with the Aggies uh, this week and, of course, you know, going into the future. Thanks a lot, man. Appreciate your time. Thanks, Brian. Appreciate you. All right. Thanks to Alex for that. Talking to him, talking to uh, Jeff Tarpley on Sports Talk Mississippi from Giggum 24-7. Everybody's covering the Aggies and everybody's covering Mississippi State. It feels like there's there's some confidence on the Aggie side of, of things of this, that they feel like they have a, a good chance to win. The, the, the thing that I would point to is I'm pretty sure if we could go back a year, it would have been the exact same thing. Yeah. And probably in each of the last three or four years, to be honest with you. 
So I don't take too much from that. But I will agree with what uh, Alex said in that, you know, this 11 a.m. game and you've got a 4-3 and three team, this isn't, you're not, I don't feel like you're walking into the biggest hornet's nest in the world. And here's the other thing that, if, you, if, you, if you're not familiar with this, you should be. Kyle Field, Texas A&M has not had great home field advantage since they've joined the SEC. They've dropped at least one, and in, in most years, multiple conference games at home. Yeah. Every season. Yeah. So, you know, I don't think State's walking in, you know, this is as much of a, uh, a, a soft landing as you can possibly hope for, I think. Considering going on the road to a Texas A&M, which is a hundred thousand seat stadium, you know I don't I don't know that you're going. I think it's going to be sort of similar to Tennessee. You know Tennessee hundred thousand seat stadium, well, they have eighty five there. They said, yeah, and that was generous. That was generous. So it's sort of the same thing here. I think the difference needs to be for Mississippi State to get off that fast start to be ready. If I'm if I'm Joe Moorhead, I am really going to have my first drive scripted. Ready to go. We're going to the line. We're snapping the ball. I'm not checking with me. We've got to get moving early and take this crowd out of the game. That yeah. that that's, that that has to happen. Yeah. Because if State comes out and, and they get punched in the mouth or they go three and out or and, and A&M gets a little momentum going, then it becomes here here we go again. Yeah. I mean that has to kind of set into your mind a little bit. Um. I. <laughs> I feel like there are some things in sports that you just say and you can apply it to about every game. And starting fast is one of those deals where it's big in any game. But you're right, man. For for State right now, on the road, they got to start fast. Something something good needs to happen early, whether it's an early turnover or, you know, if A&M gets the ball first, a quick three and out and get the ball and go down and score and get something. I mean, you just they just need something in the first five minutes of the game to start thinking – you know, it's a new day. Yes, it is. <laughs> yeah, they, 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 they do have to change things up. I thought they changed things up a little bit last week. They were a little more aggressive. I thought defensively they did a lot of changes because they were way more aggressive than they've been all year. they got to do it again. You know, that's going to be something that State has to find a way to do. They have to keep changing, not, not wholesale changes, even though you know some of us would think that might be the best way to go. But they have to tweak things a little bit. This isn't, you know, Alabama and LSU can just sort of show up and do the same things because they execute so well and they're so talented. State's got to find a way to throw in a twist here and there every week against some of these opponents if they want to have a chance. You've got to show them some things that they haven't seen. They did it against LSU. They showed yeah. them that, that, that end around and that turned into an end around pass, which was a big play. Yeah. This penalty brought it back. And they also Find did some of that. Like they that. also kind of did some of that pre-snap stuff that looked similar to last year against Auburn, didn't they? Yeah, a little bit, yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean, open it up a little bit. Let's 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 see some let's see some neat stuff. Maybe it works this time. But we'll see, we'll see what happens then. All right, tomorrow's show we will uh, get the three P's up and running. Uh, preview, playmaker, and predictions for Mississippi State versus Texas A&M. Don't forget, Sports Talk Mississippi also will be live at the Timeout Lounge and Sportsbook. Over at the Golden Moon uh, today, so the full show will be live from Philadelphia, Mississippi, um, and we'll be there talking to you know everybody up there and talk to Lee Sterling, get his picks on the week. Interested to hear his picks. He's been pretty pretty close on state basically all year, and uh, and he picked uh, I think he picked Tennessee straight up to win a couple weeks ago. So he's he's been he's had the uh, he's had the right right picks for Mississippi State. We'll see where he goes with this game. Uh, state is a as we sit here, I think a ten and a half point underdog. What do you think about that line? It seems. It's seems like a, a big. It's a little high. Yeah, it's just a little high. 
you know, I, I, if you think State's going to win outright, that's one thing. But if you think State's going to lose, it feel like they would lose by, by seven. seven or less. Yeah. I just feel like it's going to be a close game. But we'll see. We'll see what happens. All right. I mean, I really feel like State and Ole Miss and A&M and all these teams are kind of right there together. Like, I don't I, – I, I would be kind of surprised if you – that little mix of teams there, you could throw Tennessee in that mix – I would be surprised if any of them played each other and it was just one team blowing out the other. Yeah. I feel like they're all this, is in this game, one big this jumbled game tomorrow, mess. Uh, Saturday, is this a four-outcome game? I, mean, you'd be, I would be pretty surprised if anybody got blown out. I, I was going to say, I think I would be surprised a blowout in either direction. Yeah, I think this is going to be a close But I could see either Close win or yeah. loss for, for Mississippi State. It's going to be close, I think. We'll see. All right, guys, have a great uh, Thursday. Joel and I will be back with you on Friday morning for Joel T. Coleman. Woo! I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening. To, I, had a, I had a little message in my brain there. Uh, I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.